0: It's Amanda, a.k.a. Emily Binks from Hocus Pocus. How are you? There's one last thing I want to say, which is, remember, don't go out there, okay? And have a happy Halloween.
1: Mwah.
2: <laughs> In a world where zombies, ghosts, serial killers and vampires all exist it's nico
1: brian mike and dustin and they are all that stand between you and the films that could end the world welcome to the don't go out there horror movie podcast
2: welcome back everybody to the don't go out there horror movie review podcast just want to thank all our fans and listeners we really appreciate all support you guys are awesome before we get into tonight's film review, I just want to give a quick shout out to our website, don'tgooutthere.com. Everything about our podcast is on the website. All of our episodes and interviews from episode one, and fun fact, three years ago we dropped our very first episode. This is incredible. Tonight, honestly, I'm still overwhelmed with where we've we've come from, honestly, and what we've achieved. So that's super exciting. Check out our website for every episode, from the very first one to our weekly releases, all of our interviews, uh, we have an interviews tab. We've done some incredible interviews in the past. It's incredible horror legends. Check out our interviews tab, it's a lot easier to find them. We got our store, we got some brand new t shirts, check them out. They're awesome. We also have Shan's Etsy page attached as well if you want to grab a Tumblr. We also have all of our social media links, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Really appreciate all the support we've been getting on YouTube. We're getting we're almost to a thousand subscribers. That's awesome. That. It's when we can become monetized for our, our episodes. Uh, that really helps us out a great deal. And we truly appreciate every subscription. So if you haven't, go do that for us. Uh, and the last thing I'm going to shout out on our website is our Patreon. Uh, we call it Blood Donors. We have, we have the traditional monthly reoccurring kind. It takes a big burden off. us, It helps us pay the bills, keep the lights on, as we say. Uh, so we truly appreciate all that help. And we also have one-time donations Let's say you're a big fan of a movie and you want us to review it. It might take us a little bit to get to it, but <laughs> we have that tier available as well. All right, let's jump into the film review tonight. Tonight is my choice. Uh, it's October. I felt like this was the time to do it since the the sequel just came out. I chose 1993's Hocus Pocus. Uh, it's a movie that I'll admit that I grew up on. You know, Strong nostalgia pulls for me. And I feel like that'll probably be a big chunk of our audience who listens or or just fans in general of that movie. I feel like nostalgia will play a big deal in it. If you grew up with it, I feel like you'll love it. You'll have, you know, a special place in your heart with it. But if you just seen the movie recently or you didn't grow up on it and you don't like the movie, you don't think it's that good, totally understand. You know, I like to, you know, me, Mike, and Dustin like to mess with each other about them liking it and me liking it. I totally get it. I mean, I'm not going to argue with them if they don't like it. Kind of like with uh, Mike's uh, birthday bonus, the was Boy Meets World. I didn't grow up on it. Wasn't the biggest right. fan. Just, just right. I didn't grow up on it, but I still like this movie a lot. I watch it every year. I grew up watching it with my mom. Now I, I'm watching it with my 12 year old or 11 year old niece. It means a lot to me, and I still think this movie special, even though it's, you know, it's not a cinematic masterpiece or anything. But it's fun to me. It's a fun little kids teen horror movie. That's just my thoughts, Brian. What do you think?
0: Yeah, so I have a lot of nostalgia for this one as well. Um, you know, came on all the time as a kid around Halloween and still does actually on Freeform. Uh, but that nostalgia really plays a big part on why I, I do like this movie. Um, is it great to me? No, uh, it has a ton of problems. You know, I'll definitely touch on that throughout. But this one's always been a movie, you know, targeted to kids. And especially since I've had kids and a wife that loves this movie, this one's always on on the Halloween watch list. Now, uh, I see it. I see it through a different lens, though, now than I did. It's, it's not something I personally would put on myself uh, if I was just by myself, but my kids and wife love it. So, and, and if I were by myself, I would definitely have it, you know, had it maybe playing in the background. I know we've mentioned that about other movies before. Um, it's almost an E.T. or a Gremlins vibe to me. Um, I think this is a, an enjoyable watch. Uh, I didn't actually know till just recently that child's play producer, David Kirshner actually produced and wrote this one as well. Um, not to be confused with friend of the show, David Kirsh- Kechner, who who is in the office in Krampus. Um, I said that because I confused them at first, <clears throat> but uh, this has a big cast from, from the, from the witches, of course, you know, but Doug Jones, Penny Marshall, and of course, Vanessa Shaw, who I had a huge crush on when I was younger watching this and, then I had an adult crush on her when she did 310 to Yuma, but Hey, she's gorgeous. But, but yeah, I love this one now. I don't really care for the second one much, but, uh, but we're talking about this one. So it's, it's fine.
1: Okay. I'll go. I'll bite. All right. Um, <laughs> okay. So over the years I've given Nico a pretty hard time about this movie. Um, partially I'm just kind of pulling his leg, not going to lie. I just like, you know, messing with him. You know, we're bullies on this show. You know how it goes. Um, And I like messing with my wife about this movie, too, because she loves it. Uh, And I kind of have an agreement where, okay, if I watch this movie once a year or twice a year, then you have to watch such and such, fill in the blank. And that's kind of how that goes. Um, Now, that being said, I don't hate this movie. But I certainly don't enjoy this movie. Uh, Partially because I didn't grow up on it like Nico did. or I have about zero nostalgia for it. It's not the Halloween kids movie I grew up on. That would be Halloween Town. So, if you ask me, if you if we flipped this and we were reviewing Halloween Town, I would have had the exact same opening statement that Nico had. So, I get it. As far as just a movie that I can see through an adult eyes, and I don't have kids, it's not for me. Uh, I think it's a little cheesy, a little hokey. It's fun in parts. Like there's, you know, some of the dialogue with the witches is fun. Um, it's not that the story is bad because I kind of like that vibe and this does a great job of giving those Halloween vibes, but as far as just some of the stuff they they do and say, and the dance and singing numbers and all that stuff, it's just not my cup of tea. Uh, but I also didn't grow up on it. I will say the three witches I think are good. I, I think Bette Midler, Sir Jessica Parker, Kathy and Jimmy do a good job, um, The cast is fine. Like, There's some pretty bad kid acting to me. I think the little sister is annoying. I know she's kind of the heart of the movie, but sorry for a bulk of the movie. I find her to be damn near unbearable. But uh, all that being said, I've got some pros. I've got some cons. I'm just kind of right in the middle with it. Like, I I can watch it without turning it off, but I would never purposefully put it on myself. So that's kind of where I'm at with it.
3: Yeah, if you won't say it, I will. I do hate this movie. Um, it's just hard for me to watch it and judge it fairly as a 34-year-old adult because I'm not the target audience. I didn't like the movie as a kid. Like, I saw it, and I didn't hate it then, but it wasn't a movie. That I was like, ooh, I can't wait to watch it. You know, it was just like if it's on, it's on. I didn't, you know, didn't feel strongly one way or the other for it. Now, fast forward all these years later, like, it's just, it's very clearly made for kids. Um, it's just not my cup of tea. The witches were way too over the top and caricature like in their, uh, mannerisms and their voice and just their whole presentation. Um, they didn't come across as funny or charming to me. They came off as annoying and, and that's fine. It's just, like I said, it's just, I didn't, I don't have nostalgia. So when I'm watching it from a non nostalgic, it's like, man. This is not for a thirty-four-year-old adult to watch alone at home. Like, let's let's get this over with. But no hard feelings. No nothing personal.
2: Oh no, I get that. Uh, any more opening yeah. thoughts? Where you just jump into the scene by scene?
1: Yeah, I want to apologize ahead of time because I feel like I I'm gonna say some negative things about a, a about this movie that people like. Not not the 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 movie itself. But I feel like there's some very famous lines of dialogue and decisions that I think a lot of our audience like and I I just don't. But I'm not I don't I don't hate the movie as much as I like to give Nico Crap or or my wife. Shout out to Catherine. Love you very much. Sorry you have to hear this, which you probably won't, so it's okay.
2: (laughs) And honestly one of the biggest reasons I picked this is because the fun facts I have at the end of it. But uh let's uh let's jump into the scene by scene. The film starts with opening credits and title card as we see from a witch's point of view flying over her like a body of water and trees. Thackeray wakes up as we see a witch run past his window. He calls for Emily. He goes outside and we hear a woman singing. He meets with Elijah and asks if he's seen Emily. They see the witches are conjuring and his sister being led to the woods. He sends Elijah to summon the others and he runs after her. He takes quite the stumble and finds the witch's house. The three witches circle Emily and Winifred detects someone outside. Oh look, another glorious morning makes me sick as she slams the window. She shakes the book up so they can continue their spell. Winifred reads off the spell to Mary as Thackeray climbs into the house. Winifred snaps on Sarah and Mary who are throwing toes at each other. Mary gets a whiff of someone else but they circle the cauldron and take some of the potion to Emily. Thackeray jumps down to take on the witches. He spills the potion on the floor and he goes to save Emily but Winifred zaps him with her magic. We see Emily's life force leaving her and the witches breathe it in. The witches are younger and they celebrate. Thackeray calls them hags and Winifred calls for the book. Winifred casts a spell on him and he's made into a black cat to live forever. Their door is knocked on and their house surrounded by the town folk. We now see the witches in the town to be hanged as Thackeray's father asks where is his son. They start to sing terribly and the book falls to the ground and opens. Winifred says a virgin will bring them back. The town folk walk away and we're in a classroom now as a teacher tells the Sanderson sisters story. To her students. She scares a student as Max says, Give me a break. He isn't a believer and says Halloween was invented by the candy companies. Allison corrects him and Max hands her a sheet of paper with his number. He smiles as she walks away. School dismisses as Max takes off on his bike and meets up with Allison. He apologizes and says he didn't embarrass her and they introduce themselves. He says he doesn't believe in the Sanderson sisters. She says trick or treat and hands him the paper back and walks away. He takes off riding again and he's stopped by two bullies, Ice and Jay, in a graveyard. They make fun of him being from Los Angeles. Max doesn't have any smokes and they ask if he has any cash. They like his shoes and they take them from him. Max rides away without his kicks. He goes in his house and tells his parents school sucked and he can't believe they made him move here. He goes in his room and lies down. He is jump scared by his sister, Danny, as he admires Allison. She tells him he's taking her trick-or-treating. He doesn't want to and starts playing drums. Danny says it's a full moon. All weirdos are out. She begs him to take her and he says the old days are dead. She screams out for mom. Max is straight up not having a good time as Danny trick or treats and Danny walks up to the bullies and tells him to drop dead. She says they can try. I've got my big brother with me. They antagonize him more and he gives ice a bag of candy and they walk away. Danny says he should have punched him and he tells her to collect her candy and get out of my life. Danny lies in a pumpkin patch and cries. Max apologizes and says he hates this place and misses his friends. She tells him this is home. Get used to it. He asks for one more chance and she laughs. He says, check that out. Something just flew across the sky as he scares her. Alright, Brian, that's the opening set of scenes I got. What'd you think?
0: Yeah, so right off the bat, when it's uh, showing Salem in 1692, I think the movie does a great job mixing the real helicopter aerial shots, you know, with the with the miniatures of the town. But also, right off the bat, we get introduced to a friend of the show, Amanda Shepard, as Emily Binks, with a striking resemblance to a young Bella Thorne, I noticed here, by the way. But uh, but unfortunately, that means we also get introduced to Thackeray, which I never cared for. Um, always seemed like a weird mishmash, and always thought that it was Sean Murray's acting, but apparently his voice is dubbed over by Jason Marsden. No relation to James, by the way. And yeah, while they did an okay job with that, I mean, it's it's always been a a really a standout weird thing to me. And and now I know why. Um, Apparently they did it because Marston has has the voice dialect they wanted. So not sure why they didn't just have Jason do the entire thing. But, hey, maybe Sean just had the 90s Devin Sawa, Jonathan Taylor Thomas look they were looking for. I don't know. Um, Also seemed uncharacteristically dark once Thackeray Look, I'm sorry to anyone with the name Thackeray, but I hate saying that name. Like, it makes me feel like I have a lisp. So, uh, <laughs> but, but once my guy T gets in the woods, uh, the whole scene plays out like it's nighttime outside. You know, although they say it's morning like twice, I think. But um, also, I've always called their book the Necronomicon from Evil Dead. So enjoy your uh, Evil Dead prequel here, ladies and gentlemen. This was the the <laughs> true origins of the book. Um, and the movies get worse, but anyway, we'll get into that. Um, oh, <laughs> the witches uh, obviously really drive this movie. Um, you know, we kind of touched on that earlier. They're everything from the, the comic relief to most of the wheels, you know, and spokes in the cog of this whole story. And and I know we've said it before, but Parker Medler and and Najimi do do a great job in these roles. Um, obviously, this was the first time I saw anyone in the cast except for Najimi. My mom and dad were big fans of sister act. So that was the first time I ever saw Najimi and and who she will always be to me anyway. Um, no, no, no.
3: That's Mrs. Peggy Hill.
0: Well, again, I saw this way before I saw King (laughs) of the Hill, um, and sister act way before this. So, but anyway, we also get Winterfred using force lightning on my guy T, uh, only Dustin here will understand that reference, but our non-sheltered fans will as well. Um, but good because he he's a waste you know i i like him much better as a cat and uh she's friend of the show but why are we just drinking witch's potion emily i mean come fuck on like you just she's get just, yeah, here drink this and she drank it uh, that's all i really had on this group of scenes besides away you beast i say that to my dog all the time to this day you know and i called the two bullies uh jay and idiot bob in my notes and said uh Good thing Danny came out of the closet, or or not telling, you know what old Max would have done. But anyway, never mind. Go ahead, Max. <laughs> okay. Uh,
1: one thing this set of seems does well is the way it kind of looks and feels like Salem all those years ago, or as we know it. So it gets that weird, like old. You know, it's not like the witch or the witch or whatever, but you know, it still has that same feel. That almost like the like one of the mo. Uh, uh, Fear Street movies in 1666. Like, it's got that vibe, and I appreciate that. Um, I think some of the one-liners that the witches have here, Parker, Jimmy, Midler, like, I think the, they do a good job going off of each other. I think there's some... I think they definitely all took some liberties. Uh, I think a lot of this probably wasn't in the script, especially the Jimmy, who's a legit comedian. So I think there's some stuff that's just you know, off the top of their head, like, you know, very Will Ferrell and John C. Riley style where they were just kind of bantering back and forth. And that's some of that stuff stuck. And I think I can appreciate that stuff when I see it. Uh, Dustin touched on something that I didn't in my opening because I was saving it for this set of scenes. Bette Midler's voice is fucking annoying in this movie. Uh, It's a big negative to me. It's trying too hard to sound like she's from back then. And I just – It's so over the top and such a caricature of someone's voice. It just absolutely drives me crazy where I don't actually think it's as bad in the second one, probably because she's getting older and can't do it as over the top. But like she's just a little over the top with her voice. But But the acting is fine. The facials are good. All
0: that stuff. Really like that. I was just saying I'm trying to think of a time in my entire life that I've ever heard Bette Midler speak besides in this movie. And I don't think that I ever
1: have in my entire life is not she on that talk show? This they, they, shows how out of touch I am. The View or the Talk or one of those. I don't know. I don't watch that. So well, that's not her real voice. That's why it's really annoying. Like I just don't <laughs> think I don't think she does a very good job. To me, yeah, it is I, a real voice. That's fair. because I've never Ooh. heard her say anything else. <laughs> that's a toughie. I'm not gonna lie. That's a little bit of a toughie. Um. Okay. So I'm with you, Brian, though, on the character of Thackeray. Like I kind of feel like we get a little too much of him here in the opening. Like I, he, he just doesn't. Work for me as a human, but as a cat, I think he's kind of a fun sidekick here. So I like the transformation that we get. Uh, I love this book. This book is half of the laughs that I get out of this movie because I think it's funny. Um, that it's a, a book that winks. Uh, yeah. So I like I like everything that we get here. You know, as far as the setup, I may not like the the voices and some of the characters, but I think it's interesting. Obviously, that they get hung, you know, kind of hit on the Salem Witch Trials, uh, which is interesting considering the fact that none of that was true. But we are glamorizing it here in this movie, but that's okay. Uh, But so jump to modern time. And I feel like and maybe just because I, I didn't grow up on this movie, but I feel like this new kid in town hates where he moved story is in so many movies from around this time. Like I I just, especially if you're a Disney Channel kid like I was, like that was every damn Disney Channel original movie that there was. New kid, moves to town, hates that town, eventually ends up finding a girl that he likes into story. So like, I feel like I've seen the movie before. And so I think that's always what kind of uh, bothered me as I get older, it's like, it's just like, this is a story I've seen so many times. I don't feel like it brings anything fresh. Uh, but again, that's pretty much all I have. I like the scene in the classroom. Like I think, you know, some of that is it's good. Like it's interesting. And the story is, is what it is, but I I just kind of feel like it's a little played out. So maybe that's why I don't care for it.
3: Yeah. um, The opening is fine for what it is. It sets the tone as a children's movie right away with the, uh, the light fun score that we get and the colorful smoke coming out of the chimney. I think it's, green or purple or it's very colorful smoke uh whatever color it is i can't remember uh but man just right here right off the bat the witches are annoying to me is how over the top they're uh they're portrayed um the classroom scene was very odd to me because these kids in that classroom are way too damn old to have a teacher acting like that and telling that kind of story and dressing up as a witch like those kids what like if i'm that age i'm like what the i'm how uh how max is i'm like what the fuck's going on here what kind of school did i just move to these kids are acting like you're in like fourth grade and we're supposed to be seventh eighth something like that um so that was kind of weird to me uh then uh, (laughs) i like how we get just the cool kid from California moves in and he just stands up out of a seat and gives a girl his number during class. Like the bell hadn't rang. He's like, fuck it. Call me sometime. Bold strategy. I like it. Um, then we get the two dweebs in the fucking graveyard. God, I hate those two kids. The, uh, the two bullies or whatever ice. And I don't remember the other shit stains name, but they're just so annoying. They're, they're terrible too over the top stereotypical, and just ice the way he talked and gyrated his neck and, like, facial expressions. Oh, man, just I, I want to use a word, but I'm not going to. But just what the fuck was that, man? Uh, hated those two kids. And then <laughs> I kind of laughed because this kid's about to fuck his pillow. And then his su- sister jumped out of the closet. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell's going on here? And then to make it even more weird, as if she didn't just catch him about to cut a hole in the bottom of his pillow and lube it up. She lays on the bed and says, I'm Allison. Kiss me all sprawled out. What the fuck kind of family is this? That's weird. Uh, And then (laughs) the last thing I got on this set of scenes is, you know, he's agreeing. He's going to take her trick-or-treating or or whatever. And he's on the front porch. And he's like, his dad's like, what are you supposed to be? He's like, a rap singer. Come on. A rap singer. A rapper. (laughs) And then he goes, oh, well, your hat should be sideways. Ah, uh, that'll sit right with me I, that'll sit right with my soul like that's, that's a little bit uh inadvertently racist a little bit. I don't know' something fucked up about that. I can't put my finger on it, but it didn't sit right. The set of scenes isn't bad for what it is um I don't hate it as much as I hate other parts of the movie, so we're we're off to an okay start.
2: <laughs> I don't hate it as much as I hate other parts <laughs> all right. They're in all of the house. Respectfully, of course. They're in all of the house and they go inside. It's Allison's house. Danny and Max take a bunch of candy as Allison walks down the stairs. She gives Max some cider and she says, this party is boring. Allison says she loves Danny's costume and she tells her Max loves her yabos. Allison loves witches and Max says, why don't we go to the Sanderson house? Make a believer out of me. Allison goes to change and Danny says she's not going. She's scared. He begs her for this favor. The three take off to the house and enter the private property. They go into the house and cough from so much dust. Max finds a lighter as Allison flips a light switch. A POV shot of Thackeray watches him from outside. Allison tells Max that's the black flame candle. It's made from the the fat of a hanged man. He says, let's light it and meet the old broads. Thackeray jumps on Max and Danny says, we've had our fun, let's go. It's just a bunch of hocus pocus as he lights the candle. The light bulbs shatter and the floorboards shake as a green light emerges. The candles begin to ignite and the fire ignites under the cauldron. The witches march into the house laughing. Winifred asks, who lit the black flame candle? She wakes up Book and says, I missed you. Mary says she smells children. She sniffs around describing her describing her age. Danny stands up saying she thought her sisters would never come back and that she lit the candle. She tells them it's 1993. They've been gone for 300 years. Time flies when you're dead and they all laugh, but Danny laughs a little too long and they tell her to stay for supper. She goes to run away, and Max says, let let go of my little sister. Winifred zaps him into the wall, and Allison grabs the broom and a pan and bashes Mary. Danny hits Winifred and Sarah with her trick-or-treating bag, and Thackeray jumps on Winifred. Max puts the lighter on underneath the sprinkler, calling it the burning rain of death. The sisters panic and hide under shelter as Max slips and Thackeray reveals he can talk. Get the spell book. Max takes the book and runs out the house and joins Allison and Danny. Winifred tells them it's just water and they chase after the boy. They think concrete is a black river. A fire truck drives past them and they panic and run away. Thackeray leads them to a graveyard, calling it a hollowed ground that witches can't step foot here. Thackeray shows them Billy Butcherson's grave. Winifred poisoned him after she caught him cheating on her with Sarah. Winifred says the magic that brought us back only lasts for tonight. She says they must find the book to brew the potion to live forever. Thackeray tells them his story and he says he won't fail again. Max says, let's torch the book. He tries to light it on fire, but it's protected by magic. The sisters are above them on their brooms. It's just a bunch of hocus pocus. Allison fights them off, but Thackeray jumps on the book. Max grabs the book and they take off running. Winifred brings Billy Butcherson back to life and they take off running again. Max grabs a limb and knocks Billy's head off. He hides in the Salem crypt with the others. And Banks says he's hunted mice here for years. All right, Brian, this is the next set of scenes I got. What would you think? Um, so I didn't
0: say it the last set of scenes, but the opposite of Mike, I like the character of Danny. Um, I think Thora Birch did a great job of making the little sister seem realistic. And, you know, while they won't be quite as close in age, I can see a lot of my son and daughter in, the, in their relationship, which brother-sister relationship, which is why, I like like I said, I view this movie a little bit differently now that I have kids. Um there's something else that this movie does that I'm not sure where I saw it a long time ago, but now, you know, watching it. I mean, it's it's sat with me a long time and it's absolutely true. Uh, this movie takes that whole age old like Disney trope and flips it like Allison is the prince charming while while Max is the the usual uh, trope of a Disney princess like the damsel in distress. Um, you know, Allison does most of the rescuing in the movie. Uh, she does a lot of the same st- or a lot of the stuff that's you know usually bookmarked for the for the male lead in the Disney cartoons. You know, at least up to this point, anyway. I know a lot has changed in the past 29 years since this movie came out, but but that's an interesting way to look at this movie if you haven't seen it before. Um, the whole tussle with the witches, you know, when they first come back, is definitely a lot a lot cheesier now. Uh, but I mean, hey, you know. Also, I know it's 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 hey plot. But why hasn't Binks just always talked? Like in 300 years, yeah. he didn't tell anyone about what happened to him. I mean, you know, unless you're John Arbuckle, I think anyone would be impressed with a talking cat. And uh, but you know, hell yeah, I'm I'm just throwing that out there. You know, also, also look where Sarah eats the spider. Sarah Jessica Parker said on the 25th anniversary Halloween bash in 2018 that she actually ate a fucking spider. Like, why? Number one, that's fucking gross. But number two, this is a movie set. Like they could have just given you a gummy spider. Just what? Like to me, like why? Why are you? Why are you eating live spiders? I don't know. Anyway, ugly people do ugly things, man. Oh wow, sorry, Jessica Parker. I just canceled your your guest appearance on the show. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing for that. All right, the, the other nitpick I had here is, is Winifred mocking Max and, and the rest of them by saying it's just a bunch of hocus pocus. How did she even know he said that? Like, they were dead. She He said that before he even lit the candle. So, I don't know. To me, that didn't make sense. Um, felt like something that was there for the audience, but, like, in-universe didn't make any sense to me. Um, but, hey, we get introduced to my favorite character in the whole movie, my man Billy. Uh the legend Doug Jones himself. I only wish he had a bigger role in this one. Uh Jones has been in so much throughout the years. I mean, but you know what he's most recently from? Star
1: Trek. Go ahead, Mike. What the hell is Star Trek? Oh, sorry. Anyway. Um. Third. Uh, all right. So this scene in Allison's house is funny to me because I this looks like the worst party ever. That her parents are having? Like, this looks like someone decided it was 1776. And is that something I missed? Like, did they touch on that? Like, why everyone's dressed in powdered wigs? Like, I don't, I guess they're trying to, I don't know what they're trying to do. But it looks like a really boring party. And if I were Allison, I would have gone with Max as well. Like, uh, Max and Danny take me anywhere but being here. So, uh, I will say... say I think they're trying oh. to empathize or emphasize like
0: it's a rich costume party. I think they're just trying to over get that. Across. I
1: can get down with that being the reason. Okay. That at least makes it have some weight. So because otherwise everyone's just dressed the same and I can't stand it. Like I know anyway, uh, cause it's supposed to be Halloween costume party. And I feel like everyone dressed like George Washington is kind of stupid, but um, I'll say this. One of the scenes I really like in this film Is this one where we get the the rebirth or the you know the the second coming of the Sanderson sisters? Like I think this is a really good scene. Um, The you know as soon as they as soon as they enter their old house, the candle is lit. I think everything after that is really really good. Um, While I find these three annoying at times, there's some really funny stuff here. Uh, I You know, some of the physical stuff, the, the, you know, the water coming down and the sisters being scared of it. Like, that's funny. Like, I think some of that is good. Um, I don't, one of, as much as I love Kathy and Jimmy, I love me some Peggy Hill. I don't really like Peggy. She's the worst character in the show. But Kathy does a great job. And one of my least favorite lines from this whole movie is the I smell children thing. That's really weird. It's like really over the top. And I just don't like her voice when she says that, which that sounds like a nitpick. I know, but. When it just, ah, it always bugs me. Uh, but I actually like what her, what her Jessica Parker eats that spider. Like I think it's, it's the one funny thing because they kind of try to make her character the ditzy blonde, and while it works in certain areas, it doesn't work for me otherwise. And they kind of okay. I I've seen this movie 10, 12 times in my life. How were is. Is there? Is the only reason they can get into the graveyard because they can fly over it. Is that my understanding? Cause they mentioned the fact that you can't, that they can't get in there and then they're in there. <laughs> like I, is that the, if that's the reason, yeah. then that, then okay. But I, that wasn't ever really explained to my knowledge or I yeah. just missed it. One or the other, because I looked for it this time while, while taking some notes on it and I'm like, I, okay, you just told me they couldn't get in there. Now they're in there. So whatever. Um <laughs>
0: It's so the hollowed ground thing. I think they just can't touch the ground. Is what I'm saying. Okay. So it's kind of like, about the, it, but
1: they didn't talk about it. You're right. So it's kind of like the, the salt a little bit, but at least they talk about the salt. Like that makes sense to me. That's that. Okay. Cool. Fine. But I I also as much as I love this line from Bette Midler, the you know the Hocus Pocus. Uh, how did she hear him say? Like, how did she hear him say that? I don't understand that. Like, I, that, that doesn't do anything to me. Last thing I really have on this set of scenes is I like this back and forth between uh, Bette Midler and the book. Like, I think their quote unquote relationship is fun. Like, it's a fun through line throughout the movie. And it kind of it's too much in the second movie to me. But uh, in this movie, I think it's just enough. So I enjoy that part. All in all, this this set of scenes is just a mixed bag for me, but I really like the reveal of the Sanderson sisters.
3: Yeah, um, so I like getting reintroduced to the cat here. Like, it's a nice callback to the open. We see what's happened to him after all these years, and then we hear Hocus Pocus. It's always fun when movies include the title in the the movie itself. Like, that happened uh, a couple times recently with, I think, uh, Urban Legend, of course, said it, and Shutter Island. So it's always fun when movies include the uh the name of the movie in the script. That's fun. But um. So when he lights the candle, isn't that little girl a little young to know what a virgin is? Like I didn't know at that age.
1: She's like, <laughs> I did. Thank you, WWF.
3: Well, I mean, I grew up watching wrestling too, but shit, as like seven years old. You knew what a virgin was you knew what fucking was at seven years old? Very cheesy and over the top special effects, like when they uh, come back alive, uh, and the the green lightning that she's shooting like that's very bad special effects, but it's it's kind of like expected of a of a kids movie though, so I give it a pass because you want it to be uh, friendly looking, not uh, scary looking, and colorful, so it keeps uh, holds kids' attention. I get it. Um, but this dumbass had no problem jumping from the rafters and landed on his feet like he was fucking jean Claude Van Damme, but he takes one step and falls the fuck is going on here? God, um, ah, that, that pissed me off so bad. I forgot about that through all these years. I probably haven't seen this movie in 25 years, but um, so the cat can talk. I had that too. So why the fuck didn't he tell his parents, hey, mom and dad, don't, don't cry for me. I'm just a cat now. I'm sailing from <laughs> Sabrina the Teenage Witch. There you go. And then not only that, his voice didn't change in 300 years. He still sounded like a prepubescent boy. The fuck is this? But it's, it's okay. I can forgive that part, too. I, I did read online that apparently uh, part of the spell was that uh, when they died, he couldn't talk. But when the candle was lit, they came back to life and he got
2: his ah. voice. But that was never, but
3: that was never confirmed. Like, that was a, f- a fan rumor, and oh. everything I read said that no one from the cast or crew ever confirmed that to be the case. That's just an assumption. So if we're making that assumption, I guess it makes sense, but I still don't, like, I don't know. I need an explanation there, because 300 years for a cat to bite its tongue. God, maybe cat had his tongue. I don't know. But
0: Jesus, um, <laughs>
3: this is an okay set of scenes. Uh, it's, it's right on par with the open for me. So... I don't, this next set of scenes is, uh, Your I told Nico last night, this is, this is the one for me. So
0: go ahead. For all yeah. those keeping score at home, I'm pretty sure that's the first ever Jean-Claude Van Damme reference we've ever had.
2: And nope, nope. is that the, is it nope. the first ever Garfield Predator.
0: reference you've had?
2: Predator was the first Jean-Claude Van Damme. Mm, that's right. You're right. I don't, I don't remember and... talking about that, but you're right. And also,
3: Ryan, I did mean to comment you and commend you on a fucking John Arbuckle reference. <laughs> that's,
1: that's <laughs> no. yeah, yeah. Uh. Dude,
3: it's funny. It's That's the second time in two days, though, because this guy uh, at work yesterday was heating up lasagna at like nine in the morning. <laughs> I said, OK, Garfield, calm the fuck down. I thought like John. <laughs>
1: <And> now... <laughs> no comment. I would never do something like that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Winifred asked Billy where the kids went. Go chase the kids and find the book. Damn, damn, double damn, and they fly away. They land outside the graveyard and sniff around. They take off down the street, and Mary suggests a calming circle. Banks leads them through the tunnels, and a bus stops, and the sisters aboard. Winifred says they desire children, and he says it may take a few tries, but hop on. <laughs> Billy hears their voices and chases after them. They climb up the ladder, and Banks is ran over by the bus. The others emerge and see him flattened, but he comes back to life. I hate it when that happens. I can't die. Mariel stops and says she smells children. They see kids trick-or-treating everywhere. An angel says bless you and they panic. They see someone dressed as Satan and they bow and worship him and go inside his home. The kids run up to an officer and Max says he just moved here and he broke into the old Sanderson house and brought them back to life and he has the book. He gets off his motorcycle and asks if he's a virgin and Allison says it's not a prank. He tells them to leave. His girlfriend joins him, and he jokes they thought he was a real cop. The cop runs over the, uh, the sewer cap, severing Billy's fingers. Satan introduces his wife to the sisters. Three kids dressed as the Sanderson sisters take their brooms and run off. Satan hands out some candy bars to the sisters, and he dances with Sarah. Winifred goes into the kitchen as Mary watches television. The wife ends everything when she sees him dancing with Sarah. Get out of my house! She sicks the dog after the sisters, and they run off. They realize their brooms are gone and take off down the street. Max, Allison, and Danny go into the town hall party to try and find their mom and dad. Dad grabs Max from behind and pulls him away. Danny tells her mom about what's happened with the witches. The Sanderson sisters make it into the party, and Danny points them out to Max. Max runs on stage, taking the mic. He tells them their kids are in danger and the Sanderson sisters have returned. He points them out in the crowd. Winifred thanks Max for the introduction. I put a spell on you, and now you're mine. Winifred keeps enchanting, and they all take the stage. The sisters begin to sing and perform for the crowd. Billy finds the kids, and they take off running. Dance, 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 until you die, Winifred yells. Binks and the three kids run off, and Max snaps. They hide in an alley from the witches. They leave the alley, and Allison says she has an idea. Mary says the school reeks of children. Max says he's Boris Karloff, and speaks over the intercom. They chase after Binks, and they get trapped in the furnace. The flames overtake them, and they celebrate outside and run home. We did it, Binks. I've wanted to do that for 300 years. Take care of Danny, Max. You'll never know how precious she is. Binks run runs off, and Max asks, Where, where's he going? Max says he's one of them now. All right, Brian, that's next to the scenes I got. What'd you think?
0: <laughs> damn, damn, double damn, and a muck, a muck, 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 are other lines from this movie my wife constantly says, just all the time. Uh but I also love this uh this bus driver and his lines. You want children? Eh? May take me a couple of tries. <laughs> I don't know what that accent was, but but that bus driver is uh is Don Yeso, who's been in a ton of stuff, such as Fantastic Four and was actually the SWAT team leader in Nico's favorite franchise and probably favorite movie, Jeepers Creepers 3. <sighs> <laughs> now uh when Binks gets squished, look, as a kid who loved animals when I was growing up, that used to bother me. I'm not going to lie. Now the dressed up as a devil guy and that whole scene, I used to really hate this scene as a kid. Um, it just felt pointless to me. Um, and it was, but the fact that now I know that it's Gary Marshall and Laverne herself, Penny Marshall, I do appreciate it a lot more than I did. Um, also the- to
3: the goat, the legend, Penny Marshall. There you go. Um, well, and
0: Gary, he passed away too. Also, the fun fact that the dog is actually Kathy Najimy's real-life dog, or was, I guess. I mean, this was nearly 30 years ago, so RIP to the dog, too. Um, also, also...
3: <laughs> We're what? just
0: assuming animal deaths on this show now? Come on, it's 30 years ago. That, dog, that dog's not setting world records here. Um, anyway, also, since I watched this as a kid, I've always wanted to be invited to a Halloween party like this, so... Can somebody please have a party like this and invite me um, so I can be dadcula. Look, that was fucking classic. I love that little joke. God uh, damn it, bro! <laughs> that was that was a classic joke. Um, but another example of if Binks would have just fucking talked here, it would have saved a lot of trouble. Like you know, <laughs> but uh, but two things: the skeleton band members of Cobra Kai here, pretty damn good, and of course this is uh, Bette Midler singing and look. Second bus song in the movie. Great tune. I liked it. It didn't take me out of it. Um, Oh, lastly, just the plot here. Why did the Sanderson sisters even know how to get to the school at all? Like I never understood that, um, how they even knew that the people were in the school. Uh, Regardless though, the Hansel and Gretel reference wasn't lost on me there, Disney. Um, And can we talk about all of the harmful toxins that were released into the air with them putting a boom box in there and setting it on fire? I mean, Damn, witches have no regard for the environment. Uh, fun fact before I go, after the witches and the boombox are burned in the kill, they celebrate in front of the house that was used in National Lampoons Christmas Vacation. Jitter's full. Go ahead,
1: Mike. <laughs> A significantly better film. Uh anyway. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> just kidding. It's fine. Everyone oh, love loves what film. they love. That's the best oh, goat Christmas yeah, that's... Christmas movie to me. Ooh, right behind the Santa Claus, but really good. All right. So. Okay, first of all, I forgot to say in my last set of scenes, I love Billy. I think Billy's an underutilized character in this movie to me. He adds some really good comedy, uh, stuff that can make me laugh. And I feel like Billy is me. Like, he just doesn't want to deal with any of this shit. Somebody woke his ass up. That's how I feel sometimes watching this movie. So I'm living through Billy. And, you know, I will say that's the one thing the sequel does well is kind of add depth to his story and why he's annoyed with these witches. And so I do like that about the second movie. But, uh, and again, I so as far as this party goes, like, now this is a much better party <laughs> than the one Allison was at. Like, I've been to a lot of good costume parties in my day. I've thrown a few. And this looks, you know, a little more up my alley here. The, the you know, the 1776 Hamilton Ball that, that they had earlier in the movie. No. But this looks like a lot of fun, especially if you're an adult and – they don't flat out say the parents are hammered, but they're hammered. You know, everyone's hammered. Uh, and I can appreciate the fact that they at least uh, don't try to act like people are just going to this party drinking punch. Like, we know what's up, man. You know what I mean? So, like that. Um, this set of scenes does kind of take me out of the movie, though. One, because I feel like it kind of drags out the story. I feel like we could get in to a little bit more of, of the end. But this song. As much as I love this song, I put a spell on you, the original. I hate this version. It takes me completely out of the movie. I think it's too over the top. It's so hokey. Uh, And I just, now, I completely understand if you grew up on it, and that's, uh, by the way, this is a lot of people's version of this song. Like, this version right here, I I mean, I I hear it in the store up here in South Carolina now, even though there are people up here in South Carolina that think this movie's satanic and they won't show their kids, but that's a different story for a different day. But I do hear this version in the stores up here. So, you know, good on that, but it takes me out of the movie. I don't like it. Uh, It goes on way too long. And the uh, musical number just right here, just kind of let Bette Midler do her thing, which, okay, that's fine, whatever. But it kind of felt like hogging some screen time that I just wasn't here for. So all in all, a pretty mixed bag again on this set of scenes.
3: Yeah. Bag. That's what I wanted to put my head in and suffocate myself. when I was watching this set of scenes. Um, <laughs> I just don't have much on it. Yeah. You know, I did laugh when they're telling the quote unquote cop about what happened. And she goes, and he's a virgin. It's like, God dang, man, this movie had a fucking virgin quota. They say the word virgin in this movie, like, unbelievable amount of times i'd say it's at least 10 times it's crazy um (laughs) it did make me laugh here though and then funny enough that douchebag could have gotten serious trouble because it's not illegal to dress up as a cop for halloween but it is illegal to not tell people that you're not a cop uh that's impersonating the officer of the law brother but and then you mentioned the the marshall's cameo shout out to penny marshall um a league of their own forever uh, endeared to baseball movie fans everywhere. Um, yes. And I agree with you, Brian. It was really pointless, but knowing who it is, it's like I appreciated it. As an adult, this that's now. one of the few things. Yeah. But um, as far as overall storylines, I like, got, okay, what's the point? But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, that's really that's really all I got. I, I like seeing them get trapped in the furnace and burn up. Yeah. Um, Wish it would have ended there, to be honest. So, I'll let you go ahead, Nico.
2: They go into Max's house, and they call for their parents, but no one's home. Bink says, you're going to turn me into one of those fat, contented house cats, aren't you? Danny nods off to sleep as Allison and Max snuggle. The sisters make it out the <clears> furnace. <throat> I want my book, Winifred says. Jay and Ice are tee-peeing houses, and Ice says he doesn't feel good. The sisters approach them, and they're the wrong boys. Why was I cursed with such stupid sisters? Ernie calls them ugly and we see them trapped in cages. Remember, Winnie, remember. Winifred names off the ingredients of the potion, but she panics when she can't remember. Sarah spins the boys around and Winifred calls out for the book from the window. The book awakes and Allison says, my parents are going to kill me. She says, poor Banks, and Max says, we owe him a lot. They say to look through the book to find a reverse spell. They open the book and it emits a beam of light giving away its whereabouts. Mary consoles Winnie and takes her to the window so she can say goodbye. She sees the light and says, We fly. They grab some brooms, mops, and vacuums and take off. Allison finds that a circle of salt will protect them. Binks jumps on the book, closing it, saying nothing good could come from it. Allison, Allison says something doesn't feel right, and she'd feel safer if they had salt. Max finds a container of salt, and they almost share a kiss as they hear a ruckus upstairs. They go into the room and see the book is gone. They remove the cover and find Sarah. They use the book to attack Max and Allison spreads salt all over the room. The sisters fly away with the book and Danny. Allison checks on Max and Winifred has Sarah sing to entice the children. We see the children all walking towards her singing. Max yells for them to not listen, but it doesn't work. Allison says the candle only works for tonight unless they eat children. The witches land and make the potion. Sarah says the children are coming. Sarah and Mary antagonize Ice and Jay. Danny calls them all ugly. Winifred says she dies first. Binks tells her not to drink the potion. Max barges in saying prepare to die. They shine the car's lights into the house and the witches fall over. Max unties Danny and grabs Binks. He also takes back his shoes and knocks over the potion. They load up in the truck and drive away. Damn that boy he tricked us again. The candle's almost out and Winifred collects enough potion for one child. Winifred says she wants the one rat child who called her ugly. Max drives away and asks if they're following us. Allison says no as Winifred flies right up beside them. He knocks Winifred into the bushes, and they make it back to the graveyard. And the next set of scenes are the is the ending. Go ahead, Brian.
0: I love how Allison and Max open up the the book and here in, in this group of scenes and says, nothing weird so far, yet a huge-ass light is flying out of the book, front, left, all through the windows of your house. But, yeah, nothing, nothing weird at all so far. Um, you know but here we are uh the gag with the brooms and then the vacuum cleaner i think it works here i think like most things they they took it too far in the sequel um but here i I liked it um good luck explaining that Fucking big ass hole in your roof to your parents when they get home. By the way, I mean literally the entire roof's gone, and you're going to tell everybody the Sanderson sisters did it. Good job. Good luck. I said that. the
1: same thing. I was like, okay, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Good luck. Um, also, Winifred knowing what a driver's permit is when she pulls up next to Max in the car. Not real sure how she would know what one of those are, but hey, maybe they were issuing wagon driving permits in the late 1600s. Who knows? Um. And yeah, so just a little peek behind the curtain here. This song Sarah sings is actually sang by Sarah Jessica Parker, by the way. Um, it was written specifically for the film by Brock Walsh and composed by James Horner himself, like Braveheart, Titanic, Legend of the Fall, James Horner. Uh, but this song has always stuck with me. Like I don't know why it always has. Um, it's just it. This song is what gives me that nostalgic feeling for Halloween. Uh, And this movie pretty much, pretty much by itself Uh, and peek behind the curtain to make a short story long. I picked the song for the beginning, not this song. I picked the song for the beginning of this podcast, you know, and, and kind of a bit at the end of the podcast, too, because that that song reminded me of this one right here. Like it felt like Halloween to me. So, anyway, that's the reason I picked the song for the pod. Last thing I'll say is props to Danny for not just drinking the witch potion. Looking at you,
1: Emily Binks. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I think I think the vacuum cleaner works, or the vacuum cleaner thing works here as well. Like it's a funny one-off gag, uh, and I said the same thing about the roof or the ceiling or whatever. That, like, hey man, good, <laughs> good luck with all of that. Um, I, man, just, I don't know if it's just me and by the way, I love James Horner. Uh, Obviously as a Titanic super fan, I think he does a great job doing a lot of music. I do not like this song by Sarah Jessica Parker. Um, now that could be her voice that I don't like And maybe that's just what it is. And I hate to be critical of anyone's singing voice because it's not like mine is, you know, like angels, but I do think it just doesn't work. For me, I feel like it lasts too long. Uh, it's not a, now. It's not as annoying as the as I put a spell on you. It's just not. But I just I don't know. I don't. Like, but I like the music of the song. I don't like the lyrics and the singing of the song. If that makes sense. Like I just it doesn't work for me, quite frankly. Um, and <laughs> man, it it really got hard here for me every time I watch this movie because I. Every time I watch this movie and we, and we get to this part, I'm kind of like, we're dragging this out. There's some funny stuff where Max is driving, and like I'm kind of wondering like, huh, all of a sudden you can drive that That was interesting. I mean, I guess I can't nitpick too much because I don't criticize Michael Myers for being able <laughs> to drive in nineteen seventy eight so can't be too uh nitpicky with that, I guess, but uh, yeah, all in all, there's some good humor that I like here, and I like that Danny is smarter than emily binks like you said but uh i'm just kind of at this point i'm ready to get the finale which i do enjoy i do enjoy the next set of scenes more than the the rest of the film so uh that's pretty much all i had
3: yeah um go to sleep danny that was like my biggest takeaway go to sleep danny let your brother get it in so he can stop being taunted for being a virgin like
1: if oh I'm, brother i said the same thing oh
3: my god if i'm him i'm like yeah go to sleep little girl. i might even help her go to, i might go get some benadryl out of the cabinet but um i'm not advocating for drugging little kids but you know sometimes love wins um if i opened a book and it started glowing like that i'm definitely closing it immediately oh like, what the fuck yeah like you said no oh it doesn't seem like anything's happening what It looks like a fucking Power Ranger is trying to transport (laughs) out of that book. What the fuck is that? Um, And then here we go again with the damn witches being so annoying, like, just way over the top. I literally hate them. Um, We get a good, we actually get a good jump scare. A very well done jump scare here when they're uh, walking into the bedroom, he pulls back the covers and uh, bam, you know, it's a witch under there. I like that. That was probably the best thing about the movie to me. Um, But overall, it's just I'm ready. This set of scenes was definitely better than the last set of scenes. We get some shit happening, moving and shaking, and we're moving towards a conclusion here. You know, we've got a kidnapping and happening and all that. So I'm just ready to go home, though.
2: All right, guys, here's the ending. They run into Billy, and Max has Danny and Allison run off. Winifred tells Billy to kill Max. He cuts his stitches open and calls her a winch. You buck mop-riding, firefly from hell? I've waited centuries to say that. He waves her off and he and Max walk away from her. Max stops him saying he's a good zombie. Danny gets into a grave as Billy says she'll be safe in there. Allison surrounds the tomb with salt. Winifred flies up on Max and she calls him a pest and grabs the baseball bat from him tossing it. Allison throws salt at Sarah and Billy tells Winifred to go to hell. I've been there, it's quite lovely. And she flies into him kicking his head off. Danny grabs his head and gives it back to him. Winifred grabs Danny and tries to force the potion into her mouth. Binks knocks the potion out of her hand and Max catches it and drinks it. Now you have no choice. You have to take me. Winifred calls him a fool for giving up his life for his sister. She grabs him and flies into the air and begins to breathe in his life force. Danny, Allison, and Billy grab the vacuum cord, stopping Mary and Sarah flies over to help. They let go and the two sisters are launched. Max and Winifred fall to the ground below. Winifred crawls to Max and tries to breathe in more of his life force. But the sun rises and she turns into stone as she calls for the book. Sarah and Mary's body disappears into dust and the Winifred statue explodes. Danny thanks Max for saving her life. I love you, jerk face, and they hug. Billy gets back in his grave to go back to sleep. They thank him as he falls backwards. Danny calls for Binks and she finds him and begins to cry when they realize he's dead. Wake up, Binks, wake up. Binks' spirit walks up and says the witches are dead, my soul is free. They hold hands and she thanks him for setting his soul free. Emily calls for Thackeray and he says, "I'll always be with you." To to Danny, as Thackeray and Emily walk away. Thackeray jokes he had to wait three hundred years for a virgin to light the candle. Max hugs Danny and we see the party goers stumble out of the town hall. The two bullies are still in the cages, singing "Row, row, row your boat." As the book as the book's eye opens, I put a spell on you, plays as the end credits roll. All right, Brian, that was uh that was the ending. What do you think?
0: Yeah, it was fine. Like, the first little nitpick thing I had was I was wondering why Winfrey turned to stone and the others exploded first before they turned to stone. But I yeah. think talking to Mike earlier, you know, I must be because she was standing on the hollow ground. Maybe that's the only thing I can really think of. Uh, even though, like like Dustin brought up earlier, it's not discussed at all or really explained. So it's just maybe an assumption, but, you know, I don't know. Um, and actually a little fun fact about that, there's actually seven statues that were, were made of Bette Midler for that scene in which he we, you know, turns into stone. And uh one of the statues, along with Winnie's spell book, is housed at the Planet Hollywood restaurant in Orlando, Florida. I've seen that. Um and just man, again, Doug Jones is just fantastic. And the last thing I, I I'll say about this ending is just a little fun fact about Doug Jones. Apparently, during that same 20th anniversary screening that Sarah Jessica Parker I quoted earlier, um, Doug Jones revealed that the moths came out of his mouth, or the moths that came out of his mouth at the end are actually real and not CGI. What the fuck are these people doing with what? 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 Anyway, in a 2018 interview with Bloody Disgusting, makeup and special effects designer Tony Gardner said that the ad that, uh, uh, Jones wore a mouth rig in a latex pocket attached to dentures that blocked off, you know, Jones' throat from to make the moths come out when he opened his mouth. And there was a small hole in the very back of the pocket so that Doug could cough some air through it. Um, an animal wrangler... Yeah. It's a ahead. dental dam. Yeah, it sounds like that's exactly <laughs> what it was, actually, to be honest. <laughs> but an animal Sorry. wrangler would place several moths in the pocket with tweezers. Then the stitches would be glued shut and we'd run out of frame so so that they could get to the shot as fast as possible, said Garner. So that's fucking insane. But anyway, that's how they pulled that off. Um, that's all I had really on the ending. It was it was fun.
3: Okay. Um, yeah, so uh, I like how he pulls – or the salts pulled out of the Nike duffel bag. And then his Nike shoes got a close-up earlier in the movie. I wonder if Nike was a sponsor. That's a very good product placement there from uh, Nike. But um, (laughs) we get some pretty outlandish stuff here with the uncorked vial just dropped, and it's tumbling through the air. Not a single drop was spilled, though. Okay. Um, We get some more pretty bad special effects as he's hanging off off the broom there. I mean, I, you could forgive it, but it's, you got to nitpick it if you're me because that's what I'm looking for in this movie is nitpicks. Um, and then, yep, cannot go home yet. We got, we haven't met our virgin quota yet. Up oh, there, it is. Yeah, one last virgin comment as he's walking towards the sunrise. Like this, this has to be in the record book for the most times the word virgin is spoken in a rated PG movie. But um, overall, though, the, the ending was what it was I, we get a good feel good ending which is to be expected obviously we weren't going to get a sad ending in a kids movie um we get a nice send-off with the cat or the boy be, the cat becoming a boy again or ghost whatever and reuniting with his sister um everything all is well all is well that ends well okay
0: i'm i'm happy it's over respectfully you saying ghost just reminded me of casper is <laughs> is it Devin sour Sauer that's in casper like as the as the kid, so it almost yeah, seems like it sure. had this exact same feel to it here at the end.
2: Anyway, yeah, good call. All right, guys, let's jump into our social media comments and questions. Uh, we'll jump over to Twitter first, and this makes me feel even better about the pick. Sean Irwin said, "Guess you really do have to do the good and the bad, lol." So I'll just assume that he doesn't like it, and I'll assume that uh, that that Dustin's just wrong. Then, if if Sean agrees with him. <laughs> <laughs> okay respectfully respectfully all right let's jump over to facebook now my classmate that I graduated with dustin baxley commented family favorite and it's a halloween tradition i feel like a lot of people will say that honestly that's just how i feel about it as well um big fan of the show michelle mirza love this movie watch it every year around halloween hell yeah and then kevin podoff commented great movie i can't complain about this one dang i got what? kevin podoff on this That's incredible. Wow. <laughs> all right jump over to instagram now jackson's mommy commented,
3: Kevin. <laughs>
2: <laughs> jackson's mommy commented this movie has the best setting ever with the heart emoji and the hands up heck yeah i agree Jay hamburg 88 such a great movie i love the story and the atmosphere i wish they would have made a sequel a year or two after it came out instead of 29 years later i can see that you know but i like i mean i enjoyed hocus pocus too uh elbow dot tyler commented Maybe you could learn to breathe through your nose with the skull emoji. Then he says, my only nitpick, the inconsistency of the witch's ability to find the kids in the book. In the first half, it seems like they can magically track wherever they are, but near the end, all of a sudden they can't find them until Max opens the book. I remember watching this on VHS as a kid. No Halloween would be complete without it. It is but water. Mm, most refreshing. And the last one we have is from whiskey.coffee.time. And it actually is touching on what you've been bringing up, Dustin would like to hear your thoughts on the multiple references during this film to Max's virginity. Also, was that scream early on by Thor Birch, not Goat Tear, with a goat emoji? Uh, I thought the whole virgin thing was a little weird they brought it up so much.
3: Yeah, like saying it once or twice, sure. Because it makes sense that a virgin have to light it. You, you get that, but damn, man.
2: <laughs> they brought it up a yeah. lot.
3: <laughs> it
0: was almost like Disney was trying to Cause... overcompensate because they were... Like, hey, look, we're not making a cartoon. I don't, yeah. Look how groundbreaking we are. Exactly. Yeah, it's rated PG, though. to them, it's probably R.
3: I guarantee that that caused a lot of uncomfortable conversations between parents and kids, though. Because this this movie's geared towards kids. And if they're like seven, eight years old, watches, Mommy, what's a virgin? You, you little nerd. That's how that's handled.
2: I can't wait to hear a Dad Dustin. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll meet my kids one day when I'm ready. Yeah, he
0: probably already is.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Let's jump into fun facts. Uh, I don't have any from INDB. I just got a couple from Talk Scary to Me uh, co uh, host, Miss Danielle Harris. This is from her very first episode of their podcast. And I thought this was really interesting. And this is going to be some groundbreaking stuff. But, fun fact. Daniel Harris lost her virginity to Omri Katz, the uh, actor who played Max in this movie. What the fuck?
3: We know way fact, too much about
2: people. <laughs> and, and fun fact number two: he broke up with Daniel Harris because he cheated on her with Vanessa Shaw on Hocus Pocus. <laughs> Jesus Christ! That's the kind Christ. of fun facts I'm bringing.
0: I'm not All saying right. I understand, but
3: mm, yeah. I'm not saying I condone, but I do understand.
0: <laughs> I only have two. Uh, Max has a skateboard featuring Pinhead from Hellraiser. And uh, the role of Max Dennison was originally offered to Leonardo DiCaprio. So he turned it down to be up here in What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Gee, I wonder if that was a fruitful decision by him.
3: <laughs> Notice I said fruitful because grapes fruitful. are
0: fruit. Right. Um,
3: I got a few here. Uh, first of all, Thor Birch, who obviously played Danny in this film. Uh, she was also in the 2005 movie Slingshot alongside David Arquette. Boom, brought that old back. Um, and then this was just something I noticed that uh, was very enter- entertaining to me. We've now covered movies that have featured Bill Treve, who's Stephen Root. Uh, he was in Get Out. Octavio, Danny Trejo, he was in The Devil's Rejects from Dust of Dawn, Halloween 07, Anaconda, and Three from Hell. Tilly Hill, Beth Grant, she was in Donnie Darko and Child's Play 2. Uh, Con Super, Newsomphone, Toby Huss, he was in Halloween 2018. Joseph Gribble, who is Meyer, who was in The Craft. And now Peggy Hill, who is Kathy Jimmy in this movie. That's a lot of wow. characters from. King of the Hill that have been in movies that we've covered. And we also, when we get to the forever purge, whether we do that movie alone, which we will, cause I like it, but, um, also 31 for 31 forever purge is included. John Redcorn. That's Jonathan Joss. Uh, also lucky from King of the Hill. That's Tom Petty himself. He was on the soundtrack for silence of the Lamb. So King of the Hill. Wow. And <laughs> King of the Hill and don't go out. There is like a match made in heaven there. Wow. And then of course, uh, the late, great Brittany Murphy, she's Luann in King of the Hill. There's several movies of hers that we could cover one day. But anyway, we'll we'll get off that one. Um, Disney bought the script for this movie in 1984, but then sat on the project for eight years. The original title was Disney's Halloween House and was supposed to be much darker and scarier. Would have liked to see that, darker and scarier. Um, I guarantee I would have appreciated it more as a 34-year-old man. Um Jennifer Lopez auditioned for the role of Sarah Sanderson. Wow. I wish she would have got it. She's much more pleasant to look at, respectfully. Um, And then the last thing I've got is there was a kid wearing a Michael Myers mask in this movie uh, and a clown suit in front of the devil's house there. So that's, I do appreciate that, that, you know, that alongside the pinhead skateboard, like there's some nods to
2: horror movies. Definitely appreciate it. All right. uh, Money Mike dropped off. So I'll do the budget real quick. According to IMDb, the estimated budget is twenty-eight million dollars. The opening weekend had eight million one hundred twenty-five thousand four hundred seventy-one bucks, and the worldwide gross was forty-five million three hundred ninety-five thousand and sixty-nine dollars. And I'm sure it's made a bunch more because it comes on Disney every damn year. So I'm sure it's made plenty of money. All right, guys. Uh. Y'all ready to jump into our favorite? I don't, I don't know if you pick kills or not, but I didn't really pick anything. Y'all ready to jump into our rating? Sure. Yeah, let me.
0: You want me to read Mike's first?
2: Yeah, go ahead and read Mike's first. Yo, stupid
0: internet acting up again. Just wanted to say about the ending. I enjoyed it. Favorite part of the film? It hits you with the hits you in the feels, and it does a good job with the turning Winfred Winford into stone. Okay, <laughs> so all in all, the movie's just okay to me. It's fun for what it is. It's just not my personal cup of tea. Call me sometime. Hurt, hurt. The witches are at times unbearable. And the voices annoy me, but they're still iconic characters. And I can't deny that. Plot is good enough. Just a little too basic and cheesy for me to ever watch it on my own. If you love this movie, keep on loving it. I know I'm in the minority. I give this movie a flat six. Call me sometime. Call me sometime. Call me sometime. <laughs> Dog,
3: I just had my eyes closed, and I thought Mike rejoined us. That was incredible. Same. same, Impeccable.
2: <laughs> Dustin, you want to go uh, ahead and shit on it real quick? Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, let's go ahead. Let's go ahead. Um, yeah, like I said, I just this movie's just not made for me. I don't think that when they were making this movie, they said, ooh, let's make a movie that a 34-year-old single guy is going to like to watch by himself (laughs) um and that's 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 fair um i didn't enjoy it as a kid it just uh you know didn't didn't tickle my fancy as a kid so uh, i don't have the nostalgia factor i think a lot of the uh it's got a lot it's got a very talented cast that dumbs it down way too much like they do way too much of an over-the-top caricature style acting in this movie sarah jessica parker is a fine actress Uh, Bette Miller, Kathy Jimmy, fine. But they're just not fine in this, like the way that they're – it's not them. It's the way that they were directed. So I just don't really appreciate it. I do have a favorite kill and a least favorite kill. Uh, Favorite kill was all the witches because I literally hate them. Uh, My least favorite kill was the kid that becomes the cat. Man, that's some sad sad shit. The kid didn't deserve that. But um, overall, though – I won't watch this movie again unless uh, I'm with a girl and she's like, "Ooh, we got to watch Hocus Pocus." And I'm going to be trying to hocus her pocus if you know what I'm saying. And uh I will give this movie a flat 2. <laughs>
0: I'll go ahead and go Nico's. So you can go last since it's your movie. Uh, wow, <laughs> after that I, I don't know, hocus pocus her. <laughs>
2: I hope no kids listen to this damn podcast. I, I mean, I hope hey, not easy. Yeah, if kids are listening to this, then those parents are uh, questionable at
3: best. Man, we we say some foul shit on this, particularly me. I'm sorry.
2: They leave us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts if you do, though, kids. true. Yeah.
0: Sure. Uh, all right. So I don't have any favorite kills or least favorite kills. I'm not really going to go really in depth either with my closing here either because I, I talked so much about it at the beginning. It's movies nostalgic for me. Um and uh, and it's it's a movie that i'm able to personally view differently as an adult with my children and seeing it through my children's eyes and it's all like i said it's almost the same way that i view et or or gremlins now through through a different set of a lens of different set of eyes um i actually gave this movie a flat 6 as well so for mike saying that he hated it he he sure did rate it pretty high
2: mhm <laughs> The old Mike Settle twist right at the end. <laughs> uh, the, old, the old, Mike twist. <laughs> yeah. All right, I don't. I don't have any favorite or least favorite kills either. Just that I don't watch this movie for the kills part. But I respect Dustin's choices. Uh, I'm pretty much like Brian, like what he said. You know, I've went in depth how I feel about the movie. It's just a movie I grew up on. You know, the movie came out when I was two years old. For God's sake, I grew up watching it. It was this. I, I honestly should give this movie a little bit of credit as well getting me into like the horror genre, the spooky stuff and stuff like that with Jason lives grew up watching it. Now I still watch it with my mom. I watch it with my 11 year old niece. She loves the movie. Uh, We both have fun watching it together, create memories. I think the Sanderson sisters are iconic. I think if you find them aggravating, I get it, but I think they do a fantastic job. Uh, They're charming. I really like it. Uh, I like the cast, Vanessa Shaw. I'm, I'm excited to cover another one of her movies in the future. The Hills have eyes. She's great in that as well. And I'm just a big fan of this movie. I appreciate it. And I gave it an eight.
3: Eight. Okay. That gives us a. Uh, oh, shit.
2: That's mostly, you know, like a nostalgia. Uh, you know, it's just an important movie to me. You know what I'm saying? It's not like it's an eight out of 10 greatness. It's just eight out of 10 important.
3: That's fair. That gives us a uh, composite score of a 5.5. 5. And IMDb has it, I believe, as a 6.9. So
2: nice. They don't know <laughs> what was our composite. I'm sorry, I was 5.5. Okay, okay, that's fair. Uh, any more final thoughts, guys? Before we just jump into, I'm gonna shout out our blood donors, and Dustin can uh, announce his pick for next week. Uh, let's do it. All right, I uh, just want to thank all of our blood donors. really appreciate y'all. Our camper level reoccurring are Clayton J., Nina, Michelle Merza, Andrew Ferguson, Carrie Adams, the Horror Movie Crew podcast, Alex Seligson, Eric Doolittle, and Sean Irwin. Our camp counselor reoccurring are Hunter Nelson, Dennis Kennedy, Edwin Hernandez-Gunn, Joe Swinford, Jennifer Davis, from the Too Close to Home podcast, Heather Smith, Kylie Denise, all the way from Australia, Adrian Aiello, Jake Hambrick, the legion podcast and a new blood donor a good friend of mine clay moore and our final guy donors we have film reviews to do for are christian cunningham and matt sears uh, really appreciate y'all y'all take a big burn So i can't stress that enough
0: yes. making
2: this podcast is not free and before dustin announces his pick i just want to apologize for my voice being weak i might have a little little virus kicking in i hope not but before we get to next week's pick the movie that everyone's been blowing up my DMS about us reviewing. We will be reviewing Halloween ends next. And, uh, you'll definitely want to tune into that one because all four of us have a lot to say, Uh, but Dustin, announce your pick for next week, brother.
3: Yeah. 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 My pick for next week. Uh, you know, I, I was kind of half serious about picking this at first, but then when you picked Hocus Pocus, I was like, fuck it. Full sin. We're going to do kids movies two weeks in a row. Uh, I the way you have nostalgia for um, Hocus Pocus, I have nostalgia for Ernest Scared Stupid. This was one of my favorite kids uh, Halloween or Halloween movies as a kid, and so I I love all the Ernest movies. If we're being honest, so a lot of nostalgia for me next week. Now I am prepared though to shit on it because I haven't seen this movie in a long time, but I guarantee it's not good.
2: (laughs) Hey, I mean it's a perfect Halloween pick, and uh, honestly, I had nightmares as a kid of that fucking troll. I had, I remember, dude. dude I will dude. tell my my I will tell my nightmare story next week. But that troll fucked me up as a kid.
0: I don't have a nightmare uh, story, but I got a going in the woods story. That's what goes with this. So it's crazy.
2: Nice. nice. Uh, just want to thank all our fans and listeners. Really appreciate all the support. Uh, this is October nineteenth. Sorry for dating the episode, Brian. But it's pretty. It's a special date to me. I'm sure it is to you now. And Mike, Dustin, you know, former co host Drew. We did our first, we dropped our first episode of Nightmare on Elm Street three years ago today, and we have gotten to do so many cool things, interview some legends, you know, we have fans from all over the world messaging us, telling us how important this show is to them, how it got them out of a dark place, they blow up my DMs asking, when's the next show dropping, when are y'all reviewing this movie? That means a lot to me, you know, I mean, I, I really appreciate that, that you know just four regular guys or you know just having fun and y'all think so highly of it so i just hope y'all know that i truly appreciate it and it doesn't get old to me and i just want to say that it's just a bunch of hocus pocus y'all have a good one just want to remind everybody